People, welcome to Unbossed. I am Francesca Fiorentini in for Senator Senator Nina Turner. Just trying to run that together. Uh, the senator will be back, but for now, you're stuck with me. Sorry. Uh, as well as my co-host Ray Vanna, Rebel HQ contributor, all around badass. So happy to have you here for this hour of news. Yeah, I'm excited to be on. I was jamming out a little bit to the intro. I love the intro for this show. It's so it's, good. It's it's a great start to an afternoon. It just cools me out and I'm calm immediately. <laughs> uh, and we've got a great show. There's some good, there's some scary stuff, some curious stuff. I'm just gonna use adjectives now. Some frightening stuff and some funny stuff. No, we are, look, we're gonna be talking obviously about um, the wildfires that are choking the entire Northeast of this country as well as Canada itself. Um, Tucker Carlson has a new platform, I wonder what it could be. Uh, then we're gonna look at uh, you know, whether Fox Mulder was right and the truth is out there. And then some CNN news, there's a shakeup, there's a shake. Is this gonna mean better ratings? Probably not, but if you're here, you know what to do, like the stream, subscribe right now. What are you doing if you're not subscribed and you're here? Um, share it with all your people. Uh, and let's get this started, shall we, Ray? Yeah, absolutely, let's get into it. Okay, um, beginning with this display um, in California. So far right fascist and homophobic uh, parents or radicalized Facebook moms and dads are here pictured brawling with people who are standing for LGBTQ plus kids. And that school, which is the Glendale School District's um, naming of Pride Month. Just saying that yes, we have Pride Month, Pride Month is June. We vote for that every single year um, and we're gonna vote for it this year because yay, we recognize the gay community and our students and our faculty just like massive corporations around this country and the world, <laughs> uh, but no. No, 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 uh, protesters had other ideas. So local reporters actually estimated that 500 people, which included local parents opposed to recognizing the dignity of LGBTQ plus students, as well as others identified as traveling fascists and outside agitators without students in the district, like the far right Proud Boys and other fascist groups had gathered outside of the meeting. Now that's from Common Dreams, ergo the recognizing the dignity of the LGBTQ community. Many other reporters obviously have covered the story, but you can see, just go back to this footage, right? This is the scene, this is what is going down. Um, straight up brawls, fists being punched. There's someone with a, with a bullhorn being punched and punched back. Um, 
However, of course, according to um, the local cops, most of the protest was peaceful, but the small group of individuals engaged in behaviors deemed unsafe and a risk to public safety. The school board again was set to adopt this resolution that recognizes Pride Month. It's just like, hey, it exists, we recognize it, cool, cool, cool. And it has been done for the last four years. However, a shelter in place order disrupted the meeting as a brawl happened outside and board members later unanimously adopted the resolution to declare June as Pride Month. Um, as if it wasn't gonna be Pride Month without this school district saying that it was Pride Month. Happy Pride Month, everybody. Oh My effing God. Ray, Glendale, California, it is like a fairly liberal place. Um, you wouldn't imagine that this goes down there, but actually in different places around Los Angeles, there have been Proud Boys who have shown up, um, whether it's at a spa that there was a rumored trans guest at, or whether I think in North Hollywood a few weeks ago, same anti-gay protests. What do you make of the state that we're in now? Yeah, it's definitely concerning. A couple things I just want to say off the top first, Please. and you and I talked about this before the show. But I mean, how many days are these kids even in school during June? Like three, four? <laughs> it's not right. many. So to be fighting parents in the parking lot over this, I mean, even if you are a bigot, it just doesn't seem like the best use of your time or resources. So there's that. But then also, it's the fact that these far right fascists love to call queer the queer community groomers and pedophiles. They also pretend that they champion parents' rights. But here they are going to schools where they don't have kids in them. One telling the parents in those school districts, the parents who actually have children in the school districts, what they need to be doing as parents and how the school needs to be treating these children who aren't theirs. Also, of course, it's creepy and weird. We saw like Matt Walsh doing this, going to speak in front of school boards where his children did not attend. And Charlie Kirk, who I think at the time didn't even have any kids doing this. So yeah. I mean, you know, glass houses, stones and all that. but. One thing I, I that's frustrating to me is that, you know, I'm sure that you know a lot of the audience knows um, that there's been a significant rise in hate crimes against the LGBTQ community recently, but there hasn't been a significant increase in prosecutions of those hate crimes. And right. this is a moment, particularly during Pride Month. I wish it was all the time, but this is a an excellent time for Joe Biden to be championing. Uh, LGBTQ rights, something that's also super popular with the Democratic base. So he's not going to lose any political points in doing it. And he's actually going to be helping people. And they really seem to be dragging their feet and capitulating to this small minority of fascists who are anti LGBTQ when he could be championing the actual LGBTQ community and the vast majority of people who support that community. Absolutely. And, and it's, it, I just am like floored by. I think you're right. There are agitators, right? That's that's something that's really important to remember. You know, I think our first there's a, a number of thoughts, right? But one of the thoughts that crosses my mind is like, man, everyone is nuts. Like everyone has been completely like Fox News pilled, uh, Matt Walsh Walsh pilled. You got you know a grown ass man out there in front of a school where his kid doesn't even attend. You know, wearing a shirt that says, "I'm going to read it." Teacher, don't bring your bedroom into my kid's classroom. What? Who are you? Don't you have anything else to do on a Tuesday? Like what the hell? And so there's that. But then I think it is important to remember that for sure, just as those propagandists like Matt Walsh, like Tucker Carlson, who we're gonna be talking about later, just as those propagandists are outliers and they're stoking this kind of behavior, so are the Proud Boys. So are these agitators who are coming and being like, yeah, you know, and they and they're sort of like caping as if they're concerned parents. 
Right, you can't go to a playground without a child with you, right? Why? Oh, Cuz we wanna prevent creepers and groomers. Who's the creeper and the groomer at a school board meeting? Is it the mom or dad with a child? Who goes to that in that goes to school in that district? Or is it again the rando who you wouldn't allow in a playground without a kid coming in and like stirring up violence? Right, it's disturbing. And I mean, not as you know, I feel like it doesn't have to be said, but I mean, these are adults and they're brawling in a parking lot. I mean, grow up. <laughs> this is you're you're supposed to be protecting the rights of children and you are acting like children. Like <laughs> grow up, <laughs> get serious. Um, but I, you know, I think that. You know exactly like you just said, they're agitators. It's not representative of the majority of people's opinions on you know LGBTQ people. But you know this happening with increased regularity is cause for concern because the rights of queer people, the rights of trans people, is at this moment one of the biggest civil rights issues of this time. Yeah. And I think it's time for the Democrats to start talking about it like that and start talking yes. about how this is being politicized. When at the end of the day, it's a civil rights issue. That's. So crucial, stop leaving it to like random brands like Target to be the ones to stand up and say something or do something. Um, and, and we'll see you know, what the city of Glendale will do going forward. We'll see what Los Angeles will do and so many other counties that have been facing similar threats um, because they dare do things like recognize Pride Month, absolutely insanity. All right, let's, let's move to something else that might not be as insane, take a look. It's incredibly important. Good, Steve. Real quick, though, this whistleblower report uh, alleging that the U.S. military has been retrieving craft of non-human origin for at least several decades. Are we alone? And if we were not, would you even tell us? I would refer that question to the Department of Defense and let them answer that question for you. Go ahead. Ooh, White House Press Secretary getting a little bit maybe nervous. Mm, does she know something we don't? Uh, that was a Fox News reporter actually asking, look, kind of an honest question and something I think we're all thinking about. Are we alone? I like that she immediately was like, I know you wouldn't tell me, but no, no, girl, stick the landing, stick the landing. Are we alone? Answer me. You know, I'm not letting you weasel out of this. But what she's referencing is, in fact, a whistleblower who alleges that there are aircraft intact and partially intact from unidentified flying objects. And so, according to The Guardian, the United States has now been urged to disclose evidence of UFOs after a whistleblower former, former intelligence official said the government has possessions of this intact and partially intact alien vehicles. Um, particularly, if you guys remember this footage from some years ago, it this is the UFO aircraft in question. Um, here's a shot of it. I believe this was that they all kind of look the same, right? But this is the one where it's like spinning in a very weird way. And a bunch of sort of like naval pilots are like, yo, what is that? And they're all kind of like gut reacting to it. And then we sort of forget and we kind of move on with our days. But not this official. He wants us to know that the truth is out there. Former intelligence official David Grush is his name, who led an analysis of unexplained anomalous phenomena or now UAP, I guess, which is the proper nomenclature within a US Department of Defense agency has alleged that the US has craft of non-human origin. Information on these vehicles is being illegally withheld from Congress, Grush told the debrief. Grush said when he turned over classified information about the vehicles to Congress that he suffered retaliation from government officials. He left the government in April after a 14 year career in US intelligence. Uh, Jonathan Gray, a current US official 
intelligence official at the National Air and Space Intelligence Center confirmed the existence of quote, exotic materials to the debrief adding quote, we are not alone. Y'all, that's two people, that's uh, that's two people, one 14 years in uh, the intelligence community. Um, Ray, is this just the deep state trying to uh, distract us from the fact that the election was stolen from Donald Trump? <laughs> I think that that's a, a good thesis or theory <laughs> of what might be going on. No, and I, I gotta say this off the top because I'm gonna disappoint some people right now. I am so uninterested in whether or not we've made contact with aliens and I'll explain why. <laughs> Please tell me why, tell me why. People get really <laughs> angry when I say that. Um, firstly, uh, I think, you know, and I'm all for government transparency. I think there's an argument to be made as to why the government wouldn't reveal this information to us because you know, everyone's aware of the civilizations in the Amazon or in other places around the world that have had no contact with the outside world. And once that contact is made, those civilizations rapidly decline until they are eliminated. Just because gaining that information to the outside world is so difficult to comprehend. Which is, I don't know, how I think that we might react if an alien showed up one day or if the government was like, here's our alien friend. We've been hiding in Area 51 for years. He's real, look at him. I don't know, I think my worldview would fall apart. But counterpoint, Ray, I mean, didn't we do a really good job when like an unprecedented um, pandemic just struck the entire world? I mean, didn't we like, <laughs> didn't it all just bring us together and like in peace and harmony and everyone put down their weapons and their animosity right. and we all joined hands? We all went outside at 6 p.m. and we clapped for the first <laughs> time. The oh it's like, I mean, even that warms my very cold heart, but it, it, yes, if only. Yeah, yeah, Medicare for all. No, so you're basically gaming this out as like, look, real or not, we, um, this is gonna just mean the demise of our civilization, sort of psychologically. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, I think that it takes a lot of hubris to think that we're the only intelligent life in the entire universe, and obviously the odds that we aren't far outweigh the odds that we are. So I'm sure aliens exist. Whether or not we've made contact, I don't know, and I just don't want to know. I feel like it wouldn't necessarily change my, you know, knowing. Might not change my worldview very much, but I could see it having, you know, a destructive force on sure. society as a whole. Because it's like, how, what do I do with that information? Sure, I don't sure, know. Sure. <laughs> I think that's an important thing. I think, look, for me, what's annoying about this is, first of all, I believe that a 14-year veteran inside the intelligence community is not lying about yeah. that aircraft. I don't think that person wants to go out like just sort of. I mean, unless, hey, look, maybe he's starting a podcast. Who knows? Maybe he's trying to get that, you know, that UFO grift on. But other than that, like, I'm, I'm assuming this person is, is actually telling the truth, mm-hmm. and you know, it's going to be a Republican who reveals this stuff eventually. And I hate that. And I hate that because UFOs are nonpartisan, and people who are interested and fascinated by them, and whether there has been contact, it's a nonpartisan issue. We, sh- I do think we should know. I don't think we should know everything, but I think it could be like, look, what is the ongoing research? What's the stage? How did you find this? I think that's fascinating, and I do think, sort of a la Epstein. <laughs> It has it has the ability to bring bring people together, and it's like, hey, QAnon psycho, put down the Kool Aid and the jungle juice that you're drinking, waiting for you know JFK Jr. to come back, 
And let's talk about maybe some real stuff. You know, like yeah. it's it's got the pizzazz that conspiracy theorists like, but it could be real. Mm-hmm. So anyway, who knows? Um, but but we will see. I remember Hillary Clinton at one point when she was you know certain that she would win, intimated that she might be revealing UFO files. So guys, um, it was her turn. <laughs> it was her turn. I know everyone here maybe held their nose and knew it was her turn. But for those who didn't, uh, that's why you gotta vote for the neolib. No, uh, <laughs> we gotta take a break right now, but there's so much more after this. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to Unbossed, Francesca Fiorentini here in for Senator Nina Turner. And just a few comments before we jump back into stories. Um, over on Twitch, Mel- Melanie D44 uh, says, Nina Turner for president. And then Turks Nina says, hello, somebody. So this is just what we need to get, hello, somebody. We need to get all get our hello, somebody's out. You know, in honor of the senator's not here today. But um, Morbid says, so if a parent is that unhinged, maybe CPS should make a pit stop. Yeah, in reference to the brawl outside of a school district meeting. Um, Over on YouTube, thank you for the super chats, I believe, or no? If you didn't super chat, you should now just to make me look less weird. Yoga Dragon says, yay, I love being stuck with you two amazing ladies. Thank you. And C Madrid 80, you looked like looked like the cops were letting the anti-LGBTQ people run amok. Yeah, there is a very easy way. We've seen this, we've seen this. When cops want to stop protesters, they know exactly how. When those protesters are generally white middle class and you know, uh, hateful. For some reason, they can't find. I don't know where my baton is. I don't know where. <laughs> I don't even like a gear. I have gear. Are you kidding me? Um, Tyt member uh, Arjun our Arjun says Franchvana. I love that. Franchvana, sexy speed racer. No need to apologize, Francesca. If we can't have Miss Turner today, it's great to still have you and Ravana. That is right. And there's a lot more. So keep coming. Keep the comments coming. Keep them coming. Um, as we jump back into more news, um, I apologize in advance for making you watch this, but here we go. Now everybody in power talks like that. Diversity is our strength. Trans women are women. Zelensky is Churchill. It's all self-evidently true. Doesn't need an explanation and don't ask questions. That's the pap they're serving us day after day in steaming lumpy portions. By this point, it's possible that American citizens are the least informed people in the world. Your average yak herder in Tajikistan knows who blew up the Nord Stream pipeline. It's obvious. Does he think some skinny dude in a dress is actually a girl? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you know the voice, speaking of lumpy steaming piles. uh, That's Tucker Carlson um, on his new show, Tucker on Twitter, that's right, here's a little logo, Tucker on Twitter. Um, Amazing, fancy, incredible. And he's in, I don't know if it's his barn or his like second barn or some kind of tool shed, but there he is. And he is giving his monologue that feels very similar, if not even a little bit more unmoored than his normal slop. And that is, let's be hateful towards trans people. And then 
stick in a bunch of Kremlin talking points and talk about how we shouldn't be supporting Ukrainian sovereignty at all. And the United States is the ones who blew up the Nord Stream pipeline. Like that's that's what he's saying. I don't know, Ravana, did you catch that that's the sort of the grand narrative he was trying to do? Like yeah. man in a dress. Putin didn't do the mess, you know? Right, yeah, and obviously the the people who have the, you know, who are most capable of providing that information to you are yak herders and Tajikistan. For sure, for sure. Um, there is of course more, um, but this is, this is, by the way, this is episode one. So he tweeted this video with, all he said was ep one. So again, there's probably more of all of that slop. And most of this 10 minute rant was about a dam in Ukraine that was destroyed in the war. Unclear, both President Zelensky and President Putin are blaming one another. But right now, actually in Ukraine, people are being flooded. There is unsafe drinking water for half a million people. Folks are evacuating en masse. It is a serious situation. Of course, Tucker is using this again to bizarrely and very strangely, just prop up the Russian side of the war. Um, so, a couple. Let's let's just watch the second second saw before we talk about the the platform. What's happened to the hundreds of billions of U.S. dollars we've sent to Ukraine? No clue. Who organized those BLM riots three years ago? No one's gotten to the bottom of that. What exactly happened on 9/11? Well, it's still classified. How did Jeffrey Epstein make all that money? How did he die? How about JFK? And so endlessly on. Yesterday, for example, a former Air Force officer who worked for years in military intelligence came forward as a whistleblower to reveal that the US government has physical evidence of crashed non-human made aircraft, as well as the bodies of the pilots who flew those aircraft. The Pentagon has spent decades studying these otherworldly remains in order to build more technologically advanced weapon systems. Okay, that's what the former intel officer revealed, and it was clear he was telling the truth. In other words, UFOs are actually real, and apparently so is extraterrestrial life. Okay, so he hit all the buckets. Uh, was 9-11 in there, or did they make that up? I think it was, there was 9-11 was in there. There's UFOs, which we just discussed, so he might be right on that one. You got Epstein in there, and then you've got the who did all the riots three years ago. Like. You know who, you spent every single night bashing them. It's the Wokies, remember? It's people who are vote, who are gonna be like uh, uh, the Biden minions. You think who are the Biden minions? They're people who are for racial justice, man. They're protesting against police brutality, hello, somebody. Uh, anyway, so there he was continuing there, just to give you a sort of like a flavy flav of like the unhingedness of Tucker Carlson now. I have to say, I do feel like his his writers, they're not the ones striking by the way, cuz you know they're not in the WGA. But like the writers at Fox, maybe at least there was some sort of like some kind of cohesiveness to the argument. You're not having that here on Tucker on Twitter. But Elon Musk, of course, um, the saddest boy on the internet uh, tweeted, particularly about Tucker Carlson on this platform, unlike the one way street of broadcast, people are able to interact, critique and refute whatever is said. And of course, anything misleading will get community notes. I also wanna be clear that we have not signed a deal of any kind whatsoever. Tucker is subject to the same rules and rewards of all content creators. Rewards means subscriptions and advertising revenue share coming soon. <laughs> sure. 
Lies, which is a function of how many people subscribe and the advertising views associated with the content. I hope that many others, particularly from the left, Ravana, mm. also choose to be content creators on this platform. <gasps> because people are making lots of money on it, but like not yet. Coming soon. Coming soon is gonna be. Ray, before we started, you were talking about how, why is Tucker Carlson on Twitter? Give me your thoughts on like, other than now it's a place that brings all the fascists to the yard. Like why why would you be on Twitter? Right, so first of all, I don't buy for one second that there isn't some sort of deal that Elon isn't. I mean, maybe even out of his own pocket because Twitter's bleeding money right now. They're just absolutely hemorrhaging revenue. But I, so I wouldn't be surprised if he's just paying out of his own pocket to Tucker. There is a deal otherwise, because I'm sorry, Tucker Carlson, obviously not safe to be broadcast on Fox News. They made that determination and he eventually pissed off the wrong people. But he could absolutely make his own YouTube channel unless he's bound by contract to not do it with Fox News, which is possible. Right. Um, but and actually be making money. There's no way to monetize Twitter. Like he said, it's coming soon. So that feature hasn't even been enabled yet. Subscriptions on Twitter is ridiculous <laughs> front that no one's doing. Like every every day on my feed, I get the first sentence of a Krasenstein tweet. Then then the rest is paywalled. No one's paying money to see that. Um, but no one is going to Twitter to watch long form content. I think it's yeah. the, the goofiest idea that someone's scrolling Twitter with the intention of watching Matt Walsh's 90 minutes. minute documentary or even yeah, a 10 minute video. Oh, God. It's absurd and it's also I wanna give a quick compliment to the production value of Tucker on Twitter. I think it's really great that the producers made sure his face was the same color as the wall behind him <laughs> and the lighting was as horrendous as it was. Just everything going into it is hysterical. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it is too much, but, but my favorite part of the whole thing is he's not explicitly talking about Fox, right? He's not calling out Fox News. He's not going to address why he was let go. And we, I'm sure everyone wants to know. Um, but he does sort of, there's a lot of subtweeting, a lot of shade being thrown at Fox News and mainstream media, um, which he would talk about mainstream media even when he was on mainstream media. But he's basically like, they're distracting you with a bunch of a bunch of other stories when the real stuff is going to be over here on Tucker on Twitter. And listen to how he pitches just before he signs off from his new show. Stop asking how we got so rich. Here's another story about racism. Go eat each other. That's the program. That's how most of us now live here in the United States. Manipulated by lies, silenced by taboos. As of today, we've come to Twitter, which we hope will be the shortwave radio under the blankets. We're told there are no gatekeepers here. If that turns out to be false, we'll leave. But in the meantime, we are grateful to be here. We'll be back with much more very soon. The radio under the blanket, the shortwave radio. Oh, we're gonna be the um the little little Dixie cup attached to the string under our blanket for it. Like my man straight up said that out loud. Like he he is saying we're for all the racist nerds out there to get under their blanket for it, so I can tell you about how who did 9/11. You know, and just like. It's absolutely, I think he's going full to Alex Jones on this. Um, but I mean, with all of the conspiracies that he's hearing, he's he hitting, he's just sort of like telling you this is what's to come. Um, a lot of Russian talking points and then every other conspiracy that you wanna dabble in. And of course, there's gonna be QAnon and maybe I'll sell some supplements pretty soon. He will sell supplements. But the one thing I wanted to say is, in he starts off that little clip by saying, 
they feed you, you know, you 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 don't wonder how we got so rich, which it's like, wait, who's what are you referring to? I think he means sort of like the United States or billionaires even, or himself and his immaculate home with the incredible view. Um, they just feed you another story about racism, and you just fight amongst yourselves, and it's like, bro. You did that for so many years, that's all you did. You made up stories about how M&Ms were being masculine, it made masculine. And you had a whole primetime segment about that. And now he's like walking away from the fact that he made money doing exactly that. Right, it, Tucker Carlson did an entire segment about how he doesn't want to have sex with the green M&M anymore, but it's yeah. the liberal news channels that aren't serious. I will say though, don't ask them how they got so rich. Might be the uh, McNear Swanson Carlson family motto, <laughs> considering <laughs> their background and his well. I mean, to position himself as the everyman kind of guy is so, your name is Tucker McNear Swanson Carlson the third or something. You come from right. the Swanson frozen food family fortune. You went to private schools your whole life. Shut up, no, who's buying this? I mean, his audience is the lowest common denominator, but who's actually buying that? Yeah, yeah, he, they cut camera and he just started yelling at the help. You know, right. and that's <laughs> immediately what happened. Um, yeah, it's, it's absolutely insane, but he, look, he, Here's the last thing I'll say is he's now he still has a platform. He will not be deplatformed. There was something I do believe in deplatforming. I do think it works. And no matter what he says and who what he incites and the kinds of things that we just saw in this hour, um, you know, like fights outside of school board meetings, that stuff will trace back to people like Tucker Carlson on Twitter. Tucker on Twitter. Anyway, let's uh, let's jump to this. There's some fun stuff on Twitter, but actually no, really on True Social. That's kind of where the memes are happening. The memes are on True Social people, and uh, Chris Christie was not spared from being memed as he announced his presidential run. Take a look at this. And it was about our country and its future. And I wondered what our choice was going to be. We we're going to be small. Or are we gonna be big? Okay, so that is Chris Christie um, who has been edited to have a breakfast buffet in front of him and holding a plate of like, of <laughs> it's, it's actually horrible It's and but very funny at the same time and incredibly stupid. Um, but the former president of the United States um, sent that out to his followers, I believe both on Truth Social uh, and I think just on Truth Social because you know, Twitter, we're still trying to push people to Truth Social. Um, but that was just an edited portion of Chris Christie's campaign announcement. He is running for president um, and there he is. And I presumably this is making fun of the fact that Chris Christie is a large man, uh, so there you go. Donald Trump then followed up though, um, critiquing Chris Christie's speech saying, how many times did Chris Christie use the word small? Does he have a psychological problem with size? Oh God, oh God, projection. Actually his speech was small, not very good. It rambled all over the place and nobody has a clue of what he's talking about. Hard to watch, boring, but that's what you get from a failed governor of New Jersey who, who left <laughs> governor New Jersey, just in case you didn't know, in quotes. 
<laughs> in parens, who left office with a 7% approval rating and then got run out of New Hampshire. This time it won't be any different. Now, before I kick it to you, I just want everyone to remember one of my favorite Trump moments. I believe it was either during the government shutdown or some sort of international crisis. One of those things where it's like, bro, you should probably be working. But Trump took a break in 2019 from his work of you know being the leader of the not free world. And he was at Mar-a-Lago in front of the omelet bar himself. Look at that, remember this fun one, all in khaki, you know, just if Obama were dressed like that, we would have, there'd be an international crisis. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that photo is not doctored, no, that is, that is a photo of the real Donald Trump ordering. I wonder, I feel like he's, it's just like, no, more cheddar, it's all cheddar cheese. Like there's no, don't show him a green onion, don't show him a mushroom, are you kidding me? He wants the omelet, mostly cheese and no egg yolk. It's like an egg white cheese, it's very disgusting. Anyway, Ray, what do you think of this? Like, it's the bully tactic. It's I'm just saying, like, this is why all these candidates are going to fail because Trump will just put out something that some weird meme lord sent him. And it and yeah. Yeah, I think you're right on the money there because right after Ron DeSantis had his disastrous campaign launch event on Twitter, Trump tweeted or he truced out the video that was the, it was supposed to look like the Twitter space, but it had DeSantis in there with the devil and Hitler. And it, I'm sorry, it was funny. It was <laughs> it's messed up, but it's funny. Him putting New Jersey in parentheses, that's an insult and it's funny. He's insulting right. the state of New Jersey because <laughs> otherwise, why else are you putting it in there like that? You know, posting that edited video. I mean, Glass House is Trump. Like, let's be serious. But it's, I think this is why I've never been concerned about DeSantis becoming the nominee, which I think he's a bigger threat to democracy in America than Trump is. Not that Trump isn't a massive threat, just DeSantis is worse. Um, but because people, I think, have forgotten how good he was in the primaries, not as a person, yeah. not morally, but good at beating the competition. He, could throw out, you know, attacks that none of the other candidates could lower themselves to levy against another person and he wouldn't suffer any repercussions. In fact, he, you know, gained support by doing it uh, and they have everything to lose by attacking Trump. So, there is not it's not an even playing field, not even just because he's a former president, but just because of the way that he's able to engage in these insults that the other candidates can't. Even Chris Christie who's someone who you know, has been in the past a, a political figure who's more willing to sort of get into those kinds of fights. Yeah. Even he's not going to be able to, because you're you're insulting your base that you're trying to appeal to when you're insulting Trump. Those are the voters you need to win an election. So they really can't attack him the same way he can attack them. So I think he's perfectly positioned to become the nominee and then hopefully by the grace of God, not become the president. In yeah, 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 yeah. You know, there is a quote, we don't have this graphic, but I just wanted to, you know, quote Chris Christie, because I agree with you that I don't think Ron DeSantis is courting Trump's base too much. Chris Christie wants Trump's base, because who doesn't, of course, they're, except they're scary, you know, but he wants to beat Trump in, like, I know he's gonna have some sort of retaliation for that really stupidly dumb. You know, maybe it's the photo of him at the uh, the omelet bar or whatnot. But like the the dumb like Photoshop job that that was, right? It is 
it's like again, like jib jab level of like the jib jab, you know, yeah. <laughs> cards or whatnot. It's like ah, it's so funny in the year two thousand and four, um, early internet memes. Chris Christie though said, um, there's one lane for the Republican nomination and he's in front of it, meaning Trump. If you wanna win, you better go right through him. Because let me guarantee you something from knowing for him for 22 years, he's gonna try and go through me. He's gonna go try and go through DeSantis, Haley and Tim Scott and everybody else who stands in his way. And I think that's smart. I think it's like, look, there's no way but through. I'm gonna fight fire with fire. I gotta bully him back. I don't think DeSantis has truly learned that. I think he's still too obsessed yeah. with like, again, trying to win over those voters. But Chris Christie, I think, will be fun to watch. Just like the entire Republican primary will be fun and fun and like, oh my God, is this the end of democracy kind of fun? You yeah. know, <laughs> as in incredibly scary. But yeah, bro. You're you're calling both of you are unhealthy, in and disgusting. It has nothing to do with your weight, but right. let's be Trump's real. Trump's White House was known for emanating the smell of rotting uh, fast food and old fast food wrappers. So like, let's not take jabs at people's health. Yeah, you were saying that that like actually beyond the, when he invited the football team over and the government was shut down and he laid out McDonald's that like just in general when he would get nervous like the entire White House would just smell yeah. like you know big special sauce. Yeah, staffers were complaining about the smell emanating from the Oval Office and how <laughs> how disgusting it was. God, I don't envy that. You got to I wonder how much Biden aired it out. Now it just smells like Jill cinnamon candles. Um, anyway, we, let's let's move on to this um, news at CNN. News now to report involving our own network. News to us here at CNN and you at home. CNN's chairman and CEO Chris Licht is leaving the network. Licht took over the network a little over a year ago. For now, a leadership team will take Licht's place, led by Amy Antelis, who's the executive vice president of talent and content development, along with Virginia Mosley, the EVP of editorial, Eric Sherling, our programming EVP, and David Levy, our new chief operating officer. Mm, yes, a power sharing accord at CNN there. Well, that escalated quickly, y'all. Uh, Chris Licht, CEO of CNN, is gone. He's out now. Um, and this was just a week after a massive article uh, published by The Atlantic came out. Um, uh, so let's just go to this. It was a 15,000 word profile, a story for which Licht gave extensive extensive access to reporter Tim Alberta. The story presented Licht as, a, as failing to turn around CNN's rating problems and lacking the support of staff. It also quoted him criticizing CNN's past coverage decisions and making questionable choices about the staging of the raucous Trump town hall, a live form in which the president spewed falsehoods and insulted moderator Caitlin Collins while an audience filled with Trump supporters cheered. Yeah, um, one of the, I read this entire article and if you guys haven't, you should from the Atlantic. But one of the choice pieces and perhaps part of why he's out is that not only did it seem like he made bad programming choices and decisions like this town hall, but he was also incredibly um, unfriendly, uh, moved his offices very, very far from his staff and was unable to kind of like, you know, sell the BS like you kind of want a CEO to do. It's like, if you're gonna be an empty suit, please be an empty suit that extends your hand and shakes and shakes it, you know? Um, so in this one point, uh, Tim Alberta reports that at a holiday dinner for his DC based talent at Cafe Milano, Licht spent much of the dinner looking at his phone, including reading a critical story about him in Puck. So he's just, 
Googling him. He's the Ted Cruz of the media world. I'm just gonna spend my time, you know, I could be talking to people, but no, I'm gonna be on my phone and Google myself. I got Google or on my own name. So it's clear he wasn't making a lot of friends in the building. But but Rayvon, I'm sh- I'm curious about your thoughts on is this gonna turn things around for CNN? Was this the right move? Thoughts? I think First of all, I'll say I think that wherever Don Lemon is, he's laughing right now. I'm not a big fan of Don Lemon. I think he, you know, engaged in some misogyny while he was on his job. And but I mean, you know, right before you are ousted, you're firing one of your hosts that has the most name recognition. All right, I think that CNN's problems are going to persist because their issue is they don't have. Uh, hosts that have that same household name recognition that other networks do. I mean, they had Chris Cuomo for years and years and years, and they had to let him go for you know I think fair reasons. His uh, he violated ethics. He had he had to go. But um, so their issues are are beyond what Licht was going to be able to fix. I think. But his response to their issues was to pivot to the right, and obviously within a year that made no. Difference that only further hurt their rating. So I think yep. that that just goes to show that their right turn experiment was a massive failure, and obviously not the the you know resolution to their issues with their programming and with their ratings. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have so many thoughts because I read that article um, about Licht, and I I think it. It's very emblematic of a new sort of cavalier CEO coming into a position thinking that he's gonna be the silver bullet to change everything, right? Like he's gonna turn things around and things weren't great under Zucker. They were already sort of going south. Um, Zucker, by the way, who oversaw the massive mistakes or in his book wins, uh, giving tons of airtime and free advertising to Donald Trump, then being on the receiving end of all of Trump's ire being called fake news and on and so on and so forth. And ironically, he only gets ousted because he had an affair with another executive and didn't disclose that, like of all the things, right? So for me, I feel like Licht is just this empty suit who thought he could turn it all around. Oh No, it'll be different this time. Well, no, we'll just get all the Trump voters out here, it'll be great. And he lost the respect, not just of the people in the building, but he also lost the respect of the viewers. What I what I really believe though, is that Licht was not making and is not making decisions for this network. Whoever is in this position is making decisions on behalf of David Zaslav, the head of Time Warner Discovery that owns CNN. And Zaslav, if he wants that right word turn, he's gonna get that right word turn. I don't think that Zaslav fired Licht because of the Trump town hall, hell no, he, I'm sure he was fine with it. He fired him because he didn't like the article that yep. he got a bunch of access. He's like, why did you give all this access to this this journalist? It makes us look bad, you look bad, and that's it. So they're gonna, he's gonna, they're gonna hire someone as bad if not worse than Licht. Because to me, this is again, this is a Tom Wamsgan situation. Talking about succession, he's the empty suit, and Logan Roy or Matson is above him making all the decisions. Sorry, that's a spoiler. God damn it. Apologies. But yeah, I mean, I don't think it's going to turn around. And I'm, I'm mad generally because it's like they also cut such good programming, they cut long form stuff. I'm a big fan of like long form documentary stuff. A lot of news networks, they never invest in long form or investigative stuff, they never invest in documentaries. CNN was one of the few places that had those shows. I just say whoever's gonna bring those back, but sadly, I don't think they will. Anyway, um, shall we jump into our uh, or this segment? Um, 
Anyway, pour one out for Chris, I guess. Mr. Licht, Mr. Licht, we'll see where he ends up. All right, let's jump into this. Well, we begin with the dangerous air quality for millions of Americans. 13 states are under alert as smoke from hundreds of wildfires in Canada spreads across the Northeast and Mid-Atlantic. Right now, New York City has some of the worst air quality in the world and Detroit is up there as well. That's right, so air pollution is absolutely out of control all over the Northeast. I'm sure everyone has seen photos, if not are living an incredibly apocalyptic site right outside of their windows. The air quality is often unsafe, but the reality is what is this stemming from? And we all know climate change. But so according to NBC News, air pollution is spiking from these wildfires that have been raging in the Canadian provinces of Quebec and Nova Scotia. Canada is experiencing one of the worst starts to its fire season ever recorded. I mean, it's only June. 414 fires were burning in Canada on Tuesday evening, including 239 considered out of control. The Canadian Interagency Forest Fire Center said more than 6.7 million acres have already burned this year, federal officials said last week. And just to give you some perspective, here is a map of like how much the Northeast is being affected by the fires. And that red is, we're assuming the worst of it. That's a lot of bad. Maybe purple gets even. This is me just trying to like key what no like Noah is is saying. Purple seems real bad. Red less bad. Green okay. Um, but if you didn't know, of course, the air pollution from wildfire smoke has become a significant health health risk to the U.S. and is growing worse. Stanford University researchers found that the number of people experience at least one at least one day with unhealthy air quality because of smoke rose by 27 times over the last decade. So. Interestingly, with this story, I think that um, the East Coast is largely, and especially places like New York City, home to so many people, um, have kind of been spared. It's coastal, a lot of that air will blow inward and whatnot. Um, That's a California problem. And then the proximity to somewhere like Canada, dense forests, um, the end, end obviously dry forests. It's like, no, no one is going to be spared from this. I know, I don't know, Ray, about you, but like over here in California, this is a yearly thing, right? In San Francisco, there were mornings when, like, in the morning, it was just like Blade Runner out there, right? In LA, same thing. There's always a wildfire season. This this year, we've had a lot of rain, so it might be a little bit different. But all my friends were like, see, that's why I can't live in California, you know, because it's just so smoky. And it's like, mm, I don't know. You know, it's this is a thing of like, You can't just move to the place that you think will be safest for you, right? Mm -hmm. We're all in this together. The fires that are burning in Canada and Quebec and Nova Scotia, all that air is flowing down to the entire Northeast. This is all of our problems. But I guess I'm curious on your thoughts. Have you been normalizing this kind of air quality on certain days? So um, living in Chicago, smoke is not something that I've like been accustomed to. But for the past few days, when I would check the Weather Channel app before I go for my runs in the morning, I've seen it say smoke yeah. <laughs> as the weather, and I was yes. like, I've never seen this before in my life. But I just want to say that you know, uh, this is one of the reasons why environmental justice is also a disability rights issue because people who have asthma and allergies are suffering, you know, at a higher level because of the uh, the wildfires, it's already difficult for people who don't have uh, asthma to breathe. So having this on top of that, it makes it even more exceptionally difficult for people with asthma to breathe. But also um, with climate change, 
different sorts of allergens are, are being reintroduced into the air. So people who have these allergies are suffering more. Um, so I just wanted to tie two th- those two things together and show you know, how really interconnected these sorts of you know, rights issues are with one another. Yeah, and, and who, who is the most vulnerable out of those folks? Children. Children who are can develop asthma in their early early lives, right? That's when a lot of it develops. And if your proximity to, you know, whether it's an oil refinery or some other like, you know, carbon polluting entity, like that will determine your health as you grow up. And so you're absolutely right. It's a disability issue. It is a it's a healthcare issue. And if it is a children's rights issue in a time when all we're doing is talking about children's rights and the drag queens are coming for you and all the nonsense. And if only the folks who actually cared about kids looked out of their windows and saw, oh, hey, this is affecting people with small lungs far more than it is anyone else. Maybe we should, you know, try and stop climate change for them. And for the future, you know, the future thems, the future kids. But anyway, there is one person who's actually sort of admitting maybe that climate change could be the cause of this. When it comes to the wildfires raging in Nova Scotia and in Quebec and Canada that is affecting the entire East Coast, obviously we know that. Climate change is at the heart of it, the dry forests. This is from the Environmental Defense Fund saying that climate change makes environments more susceptible to burning, increasing severe heat and drought due to climate change can fuel wildfires. Hotter temperatures evaporate more moisture from soil and vegetation, drying out trees, shrubs, grasses, and turning leaf litter and fallen branches into kindling. Or as Trump would say, you just gotta sweep it all up, you sweep it, just sweep. But you know, Lady Trump wanted to weigh in. Marjorie Taylor Greene was at a border security and enforcement hearing the other day and claimed that climate change is a reason that migrants should avoid coming to the United States. Here she is. It says that you say the reason why people are coming to America today is because of violence. Food insecurity, severe poverty, corruption, climate change, and and the COVID-19 pandemic. Natural disasters, talk about climate change. This is the fourth largest country in the world. We have an extremely diverse climate. We have a wide range of natural disasters. 97 natural disasters occurred in 2021. I don't think this is very safe for migrants here in America. There's gotta be an angle, it's like, Oh, let's uh, massive wildfires choking out the entire eastern seaboard. Make this xenophobic. Like, how do we spin this? So that was Marjorie Green attempting to make climate change, which she kind of admits, or natural disasters admits exist, but immediately turning it on its head to try and hit at migrants. Which, I mean, irony of ironies. Climate chaos is causing more climate refugees and will continue to do so. So if you truly want to stop migration, if you're truly xenophobic, there's a way to do it. We can all come together and stop climate change globally. But Ray? I mean, yeah, it's just so absurd knowing that you know the people who are coming to America as refugees are significantly more likely to be experiencing the devastating impacts of climate change at a significantly higher level than the people who are living here currently. Not that the people here are also feeling the effects, 
But you know, people who are closer to the equator are and, and in the tropical areas yeah. are feeling it more strongly now. And <laughs> eventually it will be that strong here as well. But the idea, I mean, she's just absurd. She's a clown. And why, God, why is she so red? Why is she just always constantly sunburned? Because she because she and Trump live in the year 1981. You know what I'm saying? It's like skin cancer is not real, and like we have gilded toilets, and you know we we grab women by the by the genitals. Like it's just like Robin Leach and lifestyles of the rich and famous. So she's just like tanning nonstop. Like lady, don't you understand? <laughs> We don't do that anymore. We we use SPF every day. But no. Um that being said, she has said a lot of she she's again, this the right and climate change. It's always like yes, but yes and mm, but. So here she is from a tweet from April. Um this one is wow, next level. Uh she wrote if you believe that today's climate change is caused by too much carbon, you've been fooled. We live, here we go, on a spinning planet that rotates around a much bigger sun along with other planets and heavenly bodies rotating around the sun that all create gravitational pull on one another while our galaxy rotates and travels through the universe. Consider all that, yes, our climate will change and it's totally normal. There's no amount of taxes or carbon reduction that will stop or tame the weather events or climate change because we, Spin. Did you know that planets spin and we actually spin around the sun? The sun doesn't spin around us. I just learned that. As if Marjorie Taylor Greene wouldn't be the first person to try to stone someone to, de- to death for introducing a heliocentric theory. <laughs> <of> the- <laughs> yes, so the, the Marjorie Greens throughout history uh, have done exactly that. Just, I mean, absolutely insane. Anyway, uh, there's a little bit more uh, from her saying. Again, should we even play? Okay, here we go. Oh, I Most think we might be out by the oh, climate hoax. It's a hoax because a lot of people make money on climate change, and people are not affecting climate change. You're going to tell me that back in the ice age, how much taxes did people pay, and how many changes did governments make to melt the ice? That's a beautiful way to end this hour of show. Um, just that display of idiocy, uh, Marjorie Green. Again, y'all, people need to elect folks who actually just, know that just we're a, still in an ice age. Maybe <laughs> just a G. Like I don't even know. Like a couple years community college, whatever it is. Just. Uh. Anyway, um, that's been the show. Thank you so much, Ray. Everybody, follow Ray Vanna on all the things. Uh, check her out on Rebel HQ, of course, and me for Jessica Fiorentini. Check me out on the Bituation Room podcast uh, Tuesdays and Fridays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. Um, up next, I think it is uh, the watch list. Very exciting afternoon. And my sign off is bye. Thanks for listening to Unbossed. If you like the show, then you'll enjoy our other podcasts on TYT Network like The Damage Report with John Iderola, Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ritchie, and The Young Turks. Make sure to listen and follow, and if you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating.